and welcome back to another episode of Joe and Matt having a chat. As always, I'm joined by my very lovely co-host, Matt. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Good today. Looking forward to today's episode, as always. Um, it's always good to have a little chat. Um, different guests to be good to kind of talk about different stuff, fitness and all around, really. Um, we'll let him introduce himself, say what he does, what he likes. So, Jordan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so hi everybody, my name's Jordan, I'm a personal trainer, I've been a PT for just over eight years now. I've had various roles within the PT industry, from self-employed roles to working full-time at a, quite a luxury high-end hotel. Uh, I do a little bit of sports coaching as well, so all my passion for fitness has come from sport, specifically playing quite to a relatively decent standard of football, that's where my love for it came from. And what kind of, I know you used to have football there, what level did you kind of get up to again? So I was playing semi-professional, so I played in the Southern League Div 1 with Fleet Town and then pr- most recently, before I broke my leg three years ago, with Romsey Town in the Wessex League. So enough to warrant, well, basically you got your travel paid for and a bit of extra money if you got a clean sheet, which was nice, so not too bad. That's good. So obviously I know, I know you broke your leg and you kind of put you out. Did that mentally make a big difference for you? Yeah, I would say, and... I've, I've like to think like to think I had quite a, a nice life. I've always been pretty happy. That was probably the most difficult time of my life because where I've always played a lot of sport, I've been so active. To suddenly go from doing loads and playing for, like semi-professional football to nothing was mentally quite challenging. Very reliant on Matt at the time giving me lifts to the gym so I could just do a little bit of upper body just to keep on top, hobbling around in a um, air boot, and that was it. Was tough, and then. The rehab, I was quite lucky with the actual break because the bones didn't move at all. It was just a clean break and it was just natural healing. So there was no operation on waiting for the pins to set in place or anything like that. So it was a, quite a good healing process and then come back on the other side, quite fit and quite strong. That's based oh, okay. off that. I was like, I don't want to be in that situation again, so I'm going to get strong and leave it at that. <laughs> and how long were you playing football for before the injury? Oh, um, so I started I, my first team I joined when I was under five so how old am I now 20, about 18 years just before that so, yeah. always always played football and do you think that helps you then get your jobs in sport later on in life yeah I think so I think when you can tap on that natural experience so I'm not a physio by any stretch I wouldn't ever say I was but I've got a lot of experience in dealing with injuries within a sport environment and when you hear I mean the tons and tons of injuries you get within sport you hear stories from different people, how they recover and you give them advice and they have got given advice from other industry experts that you, you kind of pick up a lot of things along the way. I think I, when I was going to the gym with Matt quite a lot, we always used to chat about injuries and things and the best ways to get around them, the best ways to manage them through training. So yeah, sport definitely, definitely helped me get into those jobs for sure. I think when you, well, you said about when we used to train, I think when we started training, it was more, you know, the bro science. It was, um, it was you trained late at night, had two scoots of pre with buzzing off your chairs, and then you grabbed the Mackies afterwards. It was definitely, I know for myself, it was definitely, you know, getting into fitness and learning more about it. And you and you definitely have to go through a stage where you almost do nonsense before you actually learn what you need to do. I think everyone's had that stage where they're doing this lift because they wanted that or whatever. It wasn't a case of do it because of this reason. It was you just... Well, ironically, yeah. when I first started, I went for two reasons. It was one, to lose weight, and two, to look better for girls. And that second one went away quite quickly when I realised I didn't lose lots of weight. 
and I'd always go to the gym similar to you I'd walk to the gym and then because I'd been to the gym that justified going to McDonald's on my walk home <laughs> protein um, right yeah, I wondered why I wasn't losing weight then and the ironic thing is, is I've moved away from that for a number of years and it's almost come back around full circle because now I quite often find myself going to the gym and then finding myself in McDonald's afterwards because mm. it's justified because of the gym workout I've been to mm. so as much as it is a bit of nonsense you enjoy the food and you work hard for it yeah so crazy you learn kind of you learn. yeah yeah i think we we were certainly of the ilk of i was the opposite i'm just i'm six foot five so i'm so so skinny naturally i wanted to put on weight so the, the mcdonald's didn't seem as bad of a thing for me because I was like, <laughs> it's all part of the calorie count just get that get the calories in everything all the time <laughs> i guess this is well whether you're playing a lot of football you're burning so many calories anyway yeah you need yeah to- i mean I, I, um when I was at college, I was in the base so academy. Not claim that I was any good, but where we were we were playing football every day for three hours every morning. I was, I was probably the fittest I've ever been, seventeen to eighteen. So I came out of the other side of that an absolute rake. I was just there was just nothing of me. But I was I was lean muscle, but there was no size there at all. So when we got into the gym with Matt, when we were both at Premier, it was about just lifting and putting on weight, and again wanting to look good for girls. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah, it's funny because we, we all did it for that reason at some point. Or another. Having a laugh at the same time, it was more kind of a, just a, we kind of went there and like, it was something to do as well. Yeah. As, as much as we were doing it health, it was, it passed a good few hours and had a laugh at the same time. So Friday night at the bar and all that? Well, it was, you know, Friday training out on a Friday night. Our ultimate theme packs during, in rest, rest periods and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So you said you worked with Matt at a place called Premier. For the people listening, what was that? So Premier is a sports coaching company. So they do um, all sorts of PE, so after school clubs, breakfast clubs, lunch clubs, within schools in and around Basingstoke. And that was actually in the industry where I met one, my wife as well. She's a teacher at one of the schools I work. So it was quite a good job to get into because it's found me a lot of things. How many years were you working there? Uh, I was a Premier for about three years. Um, I do things in threes. I didn't, didn't realise that until recently. I had my premier job for three years and I was at Hetfield for three years. So, yeah, three years I was at that job and from about 20 to 23. So very much that going out stage where you're not 18, but you still wanting to have a good time. That's a pretty, it was quite a, a good job to have. Did you take a lot away from that job? Yeah, it's. It, um, I never thought I wanted to work with kids. Uh it turned out I did. I absolutely loved it. And it's always that phrase where you don't want to say it, but you, I love kids and love working with them. It always sounds really weird when you say it, but I do. Um, I've got my own now, so it's even better. Stop taking others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. Don't take them home anymore. Um, but no, yeah, it's, it's a really, really rewarding job. I'm sure Matt will say the same. It's Premier wasn't ever a, an end game job because the pay for that coaching industry is never going to get you a mortgage or things like that. But it was a fun job. And where you were working with other coaches who had very similar interests and we we're all around the same age at the time. It was a really, really enjoyable job. And we all, a lot of us still talk to one another from, I've just met them through that. So. Yeah, you definitely kind of, like I said, we all speak quite a lot on different chats and different, different stuff, but everyone got along very well. You might have had the odd person who annoyed you a bit, but at the same time, people were, were there for a few years at a time and you just had a laugh, but, you can take a lot away from it. I know I did as well. So I then, similar to you, went from doing that into kind of full-time personal training more. So you, mm-hmm. you kind of allowed you to learn simply how to work, especially that age. You kind of, like you said, going out when you're hungover, suddenly the next day of work doesn't seem as good. So I guess a question to both of you then, what skills did you take away from 
working with children over those in Jordan's case three years and Matt it was two years you were there I think, I think it was about three okay. years at the same so yeah what, what skills did you both take away from working there patience patience definitely with children yeah just learn and learning for me which definitely helps being a PT is listening to their problems because every child it's if you lose a game of football at lunchtime it's the end of their world as a P, as a PT if you someone that wants to get fit for to look good at their daughter's wedding for example that is their world at that time so helping listening to people's problems is also a very good one if for both industries but definitely patience with kids 100%. I think one of the eyes out is where you kind of so went during the job you coordinate with schools as well having that kind of the mix of organizing stuff it naturally allows you to then organize weeks a bit more with PT I know for myself it's organizing times for clients that kind of I learned a lot more through the premier doing that. So speaking to the schools, speaking to kind of the mix of what they want and when they want it, that helped me as well. I think now. I think you both kind of answered or led on to what the next question would have been, and how did working with children help you in your PT jobs now? Yeah, same thing. This patient for adults as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I think. Well, go on, Matt. You go, go first on this one. Just with the patient thing, I think. You might have a client who says, I want to do, I want to do like I said, either it's a wedding or they want to get fit for an event or something, or they just want to feel better. You almost, in the hardest way, talk to them a little bit like a kid because yeah. you talk, you make it as simple as they can so you don't overcomplicate it and they can walk away saying, I know this and that, I can work with it. And then as you develop more, like you would in a school, you'd suddenly make a simple drill and football into a lot more technical, you develop the way they learn fitness. That's what I would say with the patients is you say, put yourself in this nutrition and this training and they want to know why, but you ease them into it as you go. Yeah, for sure. I think the other thing for me is where, especially with one-to-one clients, you spend a lot of time with these people being around children. You kind of develop that in a kid within yourself. And I think within a personal training industry, you, you need to have that because there is rest sets and things and you kind of need to build that rapport up in that time, especially if you're working in, somewhere like I did at a hotel where it's not many members, it's mostly completely one-off PT sessions. You learn to be a little bit childish and get away with certain humour and things. And you can, and certainly get and doing that. Kids definitely transpires into adults because we're all big kids at the end of the day. So definitely related in that way too. I guess it's keeping attention on whoever you're dealing with. If it's children, they've got a very short attention span. So you want to keep them engaged for, let's say you've got an hour PT session, sorry, an hour coaching session with them. You're trying to keep them engaged for as long as possible. And as you mm-hmm. mentioned there, Jordan, in a PT session, the second they finish their set, there could be 30, 45, 60 seconds of rest. If you don't say anything in that time, it's a very long amount of time. Whereas if, you can, if you can hold a conversation, then it tends to go a lot quicker. And I've, I've taken sessions where they've worked hard, but there's a lot of chat going on throughout. And they, you, you can see they've worked hard throughout the session, but they go through their hour and go, oh, that was over quite quickly because you've kept mm-hmm. them engaged and you've kept them moving. And it doesn't feel like it's dragging along. Yeah, all of it. Yeah, 100%. I think it's, it's similar with um, when I was a premier, it's kind of similar where you'd have the odd session where you'd look at your clock and you go, oh, crap, it's been 10 minutes because the kids are just either dry, they're not concentrating or they're not involved as much. I think they'll say with adults, where if you say, okay, we're doing this today in the session, they might kind of go, oh, I don't want to do that. I'll do it if you've told me to, but it's going to be a half assed effort as well. So that transfers quite well, I think. Yeah, definitely. So, John, you worked with, it was at Premier for three years. Mm-hmm. You then went off to do personal training? 
yeah, that's when I moved into my first full-time PT job. So I qualified as a PT, like I said, when I was eight, just over 18. As I was 18, really, I didn't want to work in that industry because you want to go out and have a good time and then move back into it when I was 22 and a half, nearly 23. As a full-time personal trainer at, like I said, a lovely hotel called Hetfield Place. Couldn't speak highly enough, but, but a very, very different industry compared to working in like a normal gym. Very, very different. Mm. I guess, but like you said, where you did more the odd session, it wasn't really a kind of a fixed thing of the same people you kind of had something very different but at the same time the very very same because you had to quickly learn someone learn what they like and then it was done obviously yeah one to one like me and joe it's you know the client kind of very well and you get to learn them so you can kind of take that forwards how did you find almost seeing different people and almost thinking once you do our session i probably won't see you and work with you again how did you find that hour did it make it more like intense or yeah so it's very much uh where it was a lovely hotel it wasn't like i'm going to beast you for an hour because we don't want people crawling around the hotel like after you've done a massive leg day with them for example because they've they've spent a hell of a lot of money to be there so it's very much more of a chilled for, if gym sessions can be called chilled where you're working them hard but never to that eight nine ten rpe it's you start kind of staying six seven maybe eight at a push if something you've got the fitter clients but it definitely does did challenge me as a human to be able to talk to people when you've literally got two, three minutes to get to know them and try and think of a session in your head and deliver it to the best of your ability. It's not a case of you, I don't know, say I've got Matt, I've got you booked for 4, 4 p.m. next week. I've got time to think about what your session might be. There's very much, I had a name, I will have, whether they're a boy or a girl, and then I've got to design a session and an age, and design a session in my head in advance, but they could walk in and want something completely different and that just throws you off. So it was about being adaptable to each individual person and like I said, it, it, as in socially, it massively improves you because you get to know different, so many different personalities from all different walks of life. And being where it was, it was that very high end where people did have a lot of money and they do expect the quality. So you had to deliver that otherwise because they're paying £100 a PT session at Hickfield. So it was never cheap. And yeah, I didn't get all of that just to say, God, <laughs> yeah, that's, that was the next question. <laughs> but I was, was going to say, well, I was going to ask, did, did the clients have a, a certain level of expectation on you to deliver a good session knowing full well that you had no idea who they were it sounds like the answer is yes because they were paying 100 pounds for the for the privilege yeah they're paying 100 pounds for the privilege just of a pt session and like the cheapest room there now i think it's 400 450 a night so if you're paying that to go and stay somewhere you the expectations of the guests that we had coming were like up here i know it's a chance they can't people can't see but very very high yeah um so there was that expectation but and that also added to the nerves of delivering a session where you don't know that person it was tough but like i said once you get them in the session once you get chatting you find i always find it's best to try and find a common interest like straight away once you found that it then relaxes you and relaxes them a lot more so there was the odd session where you, you're completely different to that person they're probably come in that session because they've got so much money and they want to work out and they haven't got a mind to think of their own session. It's really tough, but most of them were lovely and it was a really, really enjoyable job. So, How come you stopped working there? As it was a hotel, um, hours weren't very social. I did used to do most of my shifts rarely, so I worked 7 to 3.30, but it was every weekend. It was Saturday and Sunday morning as well. And where my wife's a teacher, she works Monday to Friday. 
So we didn't really get a lot of time to see one another. It was okay for the first year because we lived with lived together when we were when we bought a house. And then we went where the pandemic and things. So my wife was at home a lot. I was at home a lot more. It was only really this year where she went back to work after her maternity leave from September till end of October, start of November, just before I left. It was like, yeah, this isn't this isn't fun because we never get to go out as a three. It was always I would go off with Mila a couple of days in a week and take her out and then Rebecca would take her out of the weekend. And then we just never got that time as a family. So yes, it was a lovely job. And just before I left, um, I was literally offered the gym manager's role as well because they built a new gym there. But for me, family's always got to come first over any job. And it, it transpires that I've, I've now landed another job working at Rebecca's school full-time. So it's all worked out quite nicely in the end. It's, it's all about that kind of that balance, isn't it? Where it's friends, family, work. You mm. need to be able to kind of not think, I can't do this, can't do that because of work. But you want to still enjoy You don't want to go to work thinking... I'm here, but I'd rather be out with mates so it's a Saturday morning or a Sunday or you need to enjoy it, but not kind of envy actually doing it at the same time. So like you yeah, said, the Saturday, I didn't found the Saturdays too bad. I think especially in our industry, the PT industry, there is a lot do work Saturdays, but the Sundays was tough when all of my friends or my really close friends and my family are all off on Sundays and I'm getting up at quarter to six in the morning to drive to go work in a hotel where everybody's or having a really really nice time and you're just sat there working it's it's quite tough that, that was, that's not just the, that my job it was the hospitality industry in itself was a tough industry to be in where it was a pt within that leisure job within the hospitality it was different but still it was it was quite tough to get up every weekend to go to work yeah, quite demanding and stuff and obviously you said about family and um, you have a little one yeah um, she she oh, yeah she's great she's 15 and a bit months now um yeah, she was born October the 2nd of 2020. So, yeah, she's uh, she's good as gold. She's a good little baby. She's She slept through, which helped, from about eight weeks. R- really, really massively. Because that's one thing I'm a massive advocate for sleep is key. And, yeah, she slept through from about eight weeks, from about 10, 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. And that just got bigger and bigger. And she sleeps seven till seven now. And she has done for about nine months. And it's great. So, yeah, she's good. She's a good little one. Obviously, Matt, you've seen her and met her. Yeah, you can vouch for me. Just, she's one of the most chill babies you could ever meet. She doesn't touch wood. She doesn't cry or anything like that. She's just a chilled little bean, just loving life. Loves a photo. Any camera, it's a uh, head's turned. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. all the time. She is vain, bless her. She sees she, she our photographer Rory. He was he was a good lad at the wedding, and um, every time she saw him, she'd be looking for him, like doing a little pose or doing a little smile because she was nine, but nine months at our wedding so she was just very very smiley just love seeing people but yeah she's she's a good egg really good egg and how are you finding kind of the balance did, did that make a big difference like you said the family and friends stuff but suddenly having Rebecca maybe looking after her on Saturday and Sunday morning did that make a big difference with the job as well yeah so that's what that's that's the main reason why I left my job like I was offered really really good money to be the gym manager and at a really nice hotel with lots and lots of benefits to working there you got full meals on shift. It's little things like you got your uniform washed in there, so you could just rock up and whatever. And I, I gave that up purely because I wanted to see my family more. Because, like I said earlier, it's not nothing's worth missing out on that family time. And when they are so young, they grow up so quickly. You guys, if you have kids, will realise this. It's it, the time flies. It's ridiculous. I don't know how she's fifteen months ready. It feels like yesterday we were sitting in the hospital with a little tiny little one on your on your chest. 
so yeah that's that's the biggest reason why i gave up that job was to spend more time with her happy wife happy life as well isn't it so uh <laughs> exactly <right. laughs> well the sounds of it you you wanted kids i think you know you like kids mm-hmm. so is there yeah, no. plans for a second hopefully yeah um yeah definitely i think there's no secret to the family that people know we do want a second one it's just a case of timing really it's getting when, when we want we, we kind of like Mila to be a little bit older so we don't have um two that are too young because it's just chaos but we would like them quite close together i personally am an only child and i always thought mm, could, could i've had a brother or sister you don't know any different but rebecca's got a my wife has got a sister that's three years younger than her and they're so, so close. And I just see that relationship that they have with one another. And it's really, really nice. And I'd liked that for my daughter. I mean, I wouldn't change anything about my childhood, like I said earlier. But it would be nice to have... To, I'd like two kids as well, because it's more fun. And they can entertain each other if we, we're tired or anything like that. And um, boy or girl preference? or Never a preference. No. Never a... I mean, we've got a girl. <laughs> I, I would like a boy now, just so you can also say you've got two got one of each and then you can say your parents did both as well i think as a father it'd be lovely to have a little boy that could take after me and uh share share the common interest as well well mila started kicking a football around now and she loves it so i've already got that down i can see she's going to be one of those children that'll probably run around in a princess dress with all cuts and mud up her knees and it'll be that balance where she'll be a girly girl but she won't be afraid to get stuck in hopefully which is what i would like from her so the job that you're working now, that is that at the school, did you say? Yeah, so I'm just literally just about to start working with at Rebecca's school as a full-time PE coach there. So similar, it's literally the same job to what I was doing at Premier, but I'm employed full-time now by the school, which is loads more benefits because I get put on the teacher's pay grade where you start at a good salary anyway, and it goes up every year. Every September, you get a pay rise right up until I think it caps off at like 37, 38 grand a year. So it's a, it's a nice increase every year. It takes quite a few years to get there, but um, it's the, the long-term benefits and you get 13 weeks holiday a year, which is obviously huge. Yes, you are restricted to when your holidays are, but I only work 40, 40 weeks a year. So it's pretty nice. Then, like you said, if suddenly you're kind of, you're both off at the same time, where previously you might have had to, you know, who had who, who had the little one when you were working, it's going to be a lot easier in that sense. So you'd have more time and, you can do more simply of the weekends. Obviously, you might have to do a bit of planning maybe over the weekend, but you're not going to be doing as long. Um, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I actually won't have to do any planning at the weekend because I get given an afternoon PPA time at school, which is really nice. So what's good is I have work at work and it stays at work, whereas I know with PTs, we go home and we'll session plan and things like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you say, the holidays and the weekends will be great because we are then together and... I have to say, my Rebecca's mother, my mother-in-law, she's very, very kindly. She's having our little one just completely free of charge because she's retired. So she's looking after her Monday to Friday. So it wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for her. Not that. She might listen to this. Who knows? I'll, I'll, I'll get her on there and tell her she's got a shout-out on it. <laughs> she does. And... Yeah. There's a shout-out, yeah. Big up. <laughs> yeah. Um, for your hard work. So do you kind of think of a big cycle? When you started Premier, you were kind of, obviously you said you're a coach, you're a bit younger, so you didn't, the interest was, it was a job, you kind of came in, had a laugh, you might have been hungover, who knows, um, but now you're kind of back at the same school, but you've now got a much bigger responsibility, so obviously yeah. you, you kind of, you were employed by someone now, you are in theory like the employee a little bit, how are you kind of, have you kind of thought about the bigs kind of going around and taking a lot more kind of stuff or? 
Yeah, so obviously there is, like you say, there is a lot more responsibility to it where I am solely responsible for the PE at whole school now. So it's three three classes in every year from year R to year six. And like the breakfast clubs, lunch and after school clubs are all my responsibility. Um, it is a big step up and I'm very grateful for the school that they've given me that responsibility and the trust in me to be able to do that. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's really exciting. And like I said, it's a job where it's very, very rewarding and using my PT knowledge, I'm definitely going to go into the school and encourage just the children to be active and talk about foods and things like that. And where, based on chats I've just recently had with the head teacher there, due to lockdown things, kids have just become so inactive. So to be able to touch on that coaching side and on the PT side, just to encourage them to be more active is I get the best of both worlds at the school, really. So it's really nice. I guess where you've kind of like, wait, just three years of both, you've done three years of kind of being younger and more inexperienced in the coaching. Then you've done the PT, so you've got the more sociable skills. And now you're kind of backed in that with the more knowledge. Mm. You kind of, you, I know you said you're ready for the challenge and all that sort of stuff. Is it kind of bring it on just when we get started or is there a bit yeah. of us there? No, no, can't wait. So I'm quite lucky. I'm going in on 1st of February, I start. Um, and I've got three weeks before half term to just get all my planning done, get to know the school again, see all the kids go into their PE lessons because Premier are still there. They're actually getting rid of Premier to employ me. So that's quite nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, got that bit of time. And just, yeah, like you say, Matt, just ready to go, ready to. I know quite a lot of teachers there for Rebecca. They're just really excited. No big responsibility, kind of that good nerves that we will get like before a PC session, before a coaching session, because you want to do well within yourself and you want to perform well in your job and or perform well in that particular session and make sure the session's right for your clients or the kids or whatever. So yeah, we're just, just ready to go. Can't wait to get started now. So and what do you what do you think you would say to the Jordan that works at Premier now that kind of started knowing what you're about to start doing? What would what advice would you maybe have given yourself then or Maybe to not go out and turn up to school hungover on a Monday morning. Maybe. <laughs> um, no, obviously, it, what clearly whatever I did at the time was right because they've given me the job and I'm very grateful to the school for that. I'd maybe just say to myself, like, because I know at that time I wasn't with, obviously, my wife that I'm with now. I was with in a quite a toxic relationship. I'd just probably say to myself, just keep going. Like, you are young. Enjoy your life while you are young because that time, similar to having your own kids now, goes very fast enjoy it and life will lead you down the right path at the right time just got to be patient and just keep persevering with what you're doing to be honest and then a follow-on question from what matt matt just asked what do you think jordan five years in the future would say to you now if jordan five years in the future is still with his wife which i very much would like to be because i love it a bit and has got hopefully another child on the block i'd probably say to jordan of now well done because whatever you did was you were doing it right um, and you'd probably say, tell him to say, yeah, look, it was all worth it in the end because we all suffer through things that aren't so good in life. Personally, for me, it was all with my parents' divorce when I was a little bit younger and other things here and there. But when you get so, I'll be 31 in five years' time, so you ask, and I would have got to that age and be like, yeah, I'm happy with life. Now, I always wanted a family, I always wanted kids. And I'd probably just turn around and say to myself, just keep going because everything works out all right in the end. In terms of career prospects, where could you see yourself going next from here? So I kind of want to establish myself at the school. Like I said, work up along that pay, teacher's pay grade to get 
I, well, we've, we've got a lovely house, but I'd always like to extend slash get a bigger move to a bigger house in the future, depending. So I want to work up on that. And there is the possibility to go beyond that if I take more responsibilities or the other options, I can go get a teaching qualification, which then enables me to teach within classroom environments as well, which is the higher potential for more pay there. I still want a PT on the side. I've still got a few clients here and there that I do. So just keeping track of them. And then I've also got at the house we bought, if we do stay here, I think you've seen it, Matt, haven't you, my outhouse? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and we've got like a, a big outhouse at the back of our garden that is probably the size of about four or five cars because the guy lived here before us, was a mechanic, so we built it purposely so we could drive cars into the back of it. So I'd like to put a home gym in there and potentially start training people from home. And if there's any PTs that I know that would like to use that space as well, I could let them use that space. So um, yeah, that, that's the long-term prospect is to get more developed as a sports coach and also keep continuing to PT, keep myself fit and just see where that takes me really. Keep fit to keep up with the little ones because I think that's important to me. <laughs> One thing as well, where you've gone from working with mainly children to adults, back to mainly children, the teachers at the school, are you going to kind of try and give as much knowledge to them, let alone the kids that you'll be working with? Are you going to try and kind of help them because like, teachers kind of sometimes sit down quite a lot or they might do long hours are you going to try and instead of a personal training maybe have ideas and try and give the teachers help as well yeah so one of the um i spoke to the junior p lead a few weeks back and one of the ideas we had was potentially and i think matt and i we've mentioned this before but i'm putting like a class in for teachers class parents once a week where they can come along and once a half term we're going to try and do like a health and fitness day where the kids will come out, we make sure they get their steps in there for that week and every day. We educate the teachers on what things they can be saying to the children as well to get the meeting right at home. We can talk to parents and things like that to also help with so when they're going food shopping, it's making the right choices, not just going what's easy. Go, yeah, it may take 10 minutes to cook it rather than putting it in a microwave for two minutes, but making the right choices and explaining the reason why you're making those choices, not go have a banana because it's healthy have a banana because it does this or have this because it does this. And it's breaking down the reasons to help educate people more because as one of the old education, education, education is so key. If you understand why you're doing something, you're more likely to stick to it. 100%. I think that carries out through personal training world as well, where you can do as much as you can in the hour. If someone, someone like, well, like someone just, you know, does whatever they want around it and doesn't really take anything in as much as you may work hard for an hour, it kind of overrules it a little bit. It kind of makes it pointless. So it's good yeah, to teach sure. while you do stuff. Uh, yeah, I agree with what Jordan said there. Personal training, coaching, I guess anything is, if you can explain to someone why you're doing it, you're probably going to get more buy-in from them to actually do it. Unless you just say, do a squat. And they say, why? And you can't tell them why. They're probably mm. not going to do it. Or I found with coaching people, if you can justify your rationale to doing something then they're probably going to do it and they'll probably have more enthusiasm to doing it as well and that probably carries through with uh, coaching uh, teaching peating and anything like that so it's probably quite a good skill to have and by the sounds of it Jordan your years at the hotel you had to learn pretty quickly to almost educate lots of different people very quickly to get them to buy into what they were wanting to do yeah for sure because we um we sub subcontracted with a company called Bodyism who are based out of Notting Hill in London very, very high-end, again, trained lots and lots of high-end celebrities. Um, I know Rita Ora was there at one point. Uh, a few of the Game of Thrones cars trained there. So they, they train a lot of people up there. I can say that because I didn't train them. That's not GDPR from my point of view. because And it was on Instagram, so it's public knowledge anyway. Um, 
so yeah it was very much we had to educate them on bodyism bodyism philosophy where it was a case of we're wanting people to move well as opposed to look i want to be able to squat 100 kg we'd go we'll break them down why do you want to do that oh because i've got from my, my point of view it'd be i've got a child that i want to keep up with and if i can squat 100 kg i can keep lifting her up and down for hours on end so it was always trying to get people moving correctly and moving well as well as being strong and not just thinking i want to get a big bicep because it looks good in the mirror type it really does look good in the mirror though and it helps you get girls which is what we what we started <laughs> nothing to do with personality it's all looks yeah 100%. <laughs> well jordan thank you very much for your time thank you guys hit about the half an hour mark and we try not to make this too long because otherwise people stop listening <laughs> i get and that after half an hour <laughs> oh that's perfect then um you've been a great guest matt any words of wisdom for us today no i think jordan's just been a kind of a coach i wouldn't say you've been a sports coach or a personal trainer just been a coach in general it's just been for different high people really with your little ones your older ones it all carries across for the same message you want to tell people why they need to do stuff and what the benefits are how you you know tell them that it's very different but saving life yeah. i think that's wisdom in itself matt coaching kids is just like working with shorter adults yeah that's what it is right yeah i agree with that <laughs> anyway, jordan any final remarks from you uh just thank you for your time really like what you're both doing um just keep moving guys keep active be nice and healthy if especially with what's going on at the minute the healthier you can be i think the more likely we are to get through this life that we are all currently stuck in not to mention c word because no one wants to hear that keep healthy keep active eat the right things and move well That'd be my wisdom for today. Love it. Couldn't bear myself. Jordan, thank you very much. Uh, Matt, Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Joe. Bye.